Alrighty, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bloodgrounder Show. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good week. Uh, I was out last week. I was actually at the uh, the Mouse's house, Disney Disney World. Uh, those of you with kids in the United States have probably been asked to go to Disney World. I finally gave in. Uh, it was actually way better than I expected. My expectations for being an adult at Disney, uh, I didn't think I'd care. And I'm going to be honest, when I walked into Toy Story World and uh, Woody and Buzz were there to shake my hands, it uh, it was it was pretty effective, I'm not going to lie. Uh, let's get into the football. So, since I last recorded, Barcelona clinched the La Liga title with a win over Espanol. Uh, was it, it was nice that it was a convincing win. Uh, Barcelona, as we've talked about on uh, on this podcast numerous times, have had uh, plenty of lackluster, not convincing results. Uh, this was convincing, at least in terms of the scoreline. The stats will tell a little bit of a different story. But Barcelona actually executed and scored goals. Robert Lewandowski had a brace. Balde and Koundé each scored a goal. It was great stuff. Uh, each team had 15 shots, 7 and 5. Espanyol actually had more shots on target, despite only having 29% of the possession and a terrible 77% pass accuracy. Uh, Barcelona were in control this entire match. It was nice to see two late goals from Espanyol. Uh, don't really change things all that much. The uh, the most interesting thing was, uh, I guess not interesting, um, dangerous, I guess is probably the best word, was the hundreds of Espanol fans that uh, charged onto the pitch as Barcelona were celebrating. Uh, the dangerous, like, well, I guess even just like getting on the pitch for, you know, your, your rival celebrating something, uh, you're already kind of itching towards, uh, something terrible happening. But then as the players started kind of heading towards the tunnel, everyone charged, you guys all know this, uh, one of the kind of funny things, I'm not going to lie. So there's a video of this guy, uh, Yago Darnell was basically a coach at junior FC and there's a video of this guy, one of the guys who charged the pitch, uh, knocking over <laughs> one of the the league. I, I don't know if it was one of the league, but one of the giants, uh, you know, video cameras that's probably worth, you know, $50,000. But he's just like knocking it over and he got fired from his job, man. Here's the thing. That's why you never, ever charge the pitch. Just, just stay in your seat, you know. Who cares if your rival won the league on your pitch and is celebrating? Uh, it's not worth it. Maybe worry about getting relegated, which Espanol is probably getting relegated. Um, the uh, kind of the the fallout from a lot of that is you know talks about player safety and everything, which is nice. Uh, Barcelona won the league though, which is kind of the main takeaway. And as we'll talk about later. Uh, it's really nice that Real Madrid aren't going to have the double, which was going to suck. Like if Barcelona won the league, but Madrid had the double of the Copa del Rey in the Champions League, that was really going to hurt. But now Barcelona had the better season. They won the league, 
Madrid only won the Copa del Rey. Psh, anyone can do that, right? Uh, and so Barcelona had a great season. And that's what I'm going to choose to remember this year by. The uh, Some of the off-the-field stuff, which we should talk about, are uh, Matteo Almany is now returning to the club, surprisingly. Uh, he wasn't. He was leaving. He was heading to Aston Villa. And all of a sudden, he has decided to return to Barcelona. So uh, he spoke to the press following the uh, the team dinner on Thursday. He said, quote, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Uh, whenever somebody says something twice, you have to believe them. That's just how it works. So I'm going to believe that everything's fine. Uh, it seemed like he... I don't really understand. He like reportedly refused to negotiate. Uh, this, excuse me, this feels like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just very strange because I guess some of the scuttlebutt is that uh, the project that Aston Villa were selling or kind of showing Matteo Almany wasn't as appealing uh, as it initially seems, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what he was expecting. Like they're not Newcastle. Um, they have a really, really good coach who is helping them overachieve right now, but they're in the premier league. They're always going to be a mid table to bottom table side unless oil money magic, you know, magically appears. So I don't really know what Almany thought he was getting himself into. Uh, whatever though, he's coming back. I guess that's good. I don't. I don't, I don't know enough enough about like how many is tenure. Excuse me. <gasps> and how like how effective he is in negotiations. But I guess that's good because stability is good, right? Uh, speaking of stability, Barcelona apparently had a three-hour meeting uh, with Juan Laporta and Jordi Alba to talk about the the fullbacks' future at the club. So his future is a little bit in flux. Obviously, uh, he's under contract, but the contract is for way more money than Barcelona are interested in spending. So, given that they're you know they're talking about salary reductions and all that fun stuff, seems like he's going to be back probably on a lesser contract. Nothing to see here. Uh, the, the Joshua Kimmich rumors, Joshua Kimmich rumors about him coming to Barcelona. We're, we're just going to breeze right past that because that's that's insane. Uh, he's not leaving Bayern Munich. It's probably negotiating tactics. Good for him. I hope he gets more money. He's not coming to Barcelona. Although I will say it is hilarious to finally see, like, of, you know, both clubs right now, Bayern is definitely the most uh, unstable. Not financially, but, like, in terms of narrative, I guess I would say. Like, they were on track for the treble, and then they fired their coach, and now they'll be lucky they won't be lucky. They're still favorites in the Bundesliga, but it's close. And if I am, I am so rooting for Dortmund. Like, I know you're not supposed to root for the pain of others, but oh my gosh, to see Dortmund win the league and Bayern get nothing this year would be going over three in the Pakal, the Champions League, not even getting to the semifinals, and not winning the league. It'd be awesome. I'm not gonna lie. So let's all root for Dortmund. Uh, let's talk about the Champions League for a minute. And then that's really all I have. It's going to be a short one. There's not much to talk about. Barcelona won the league. That's kind of it for 
Barcelona. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of rumors until we find out where Messi's going. And then the rest of the transfer, uh, the rest of the transfer dominoes shall fall. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. I'm yawning so much right now. I don't know why. Probably because my daughter woke me up last night again. She's like, she's been getting up. You know, just like wanting to hang out and talk in the middle of the night. It's not great for me or my wife, mainly my wife. Um, let's talk about the Champions League. So we didn't get any sort of, uh, there actually, there, there was literally zero drama. This has been one of the most drama-free Champions Leagues I can remember in recent history in terms of, you know, down the stretch dramatics. Uh Let's talk about the first match that happened on Tuesday. So the second leg of the uh, Milan Derby between uh, Inter and AC. Inter just, I don't know. I felt like it was a dismantling. The scoreline would tell you it was a dismantling. Uh, AC, like Milan had their moments, but Inter were just so much better over, over both legs. And you kind of feel for Milan, I don't know. I kind of feel for Milan a little bit because... They really just hit crap form, like at the worst time. And if I'm being honest, that's kind of who they've been. Like that's that's the team they are, both in the league. Like Inter had a rough stretch right after the World Cup. They came back in the league. They weren't winning anything. But in the Champions League, they were. I thought they were just kind of scraping by. Like, okay, you beat Porto. That's cool. Uh, Benfica will take care of you. Uh, and then they beat Benfica, and that was very impressive because Porto and Benfica are really good teams, especially at home. And Inter dispatched them <laughs> quite easily. Uh, the scoreline of the second leg of the Benfica was a 3-3 draw, but that was just chaos. Like, it was just late. I don't know. Inter pretty handily beat both Portuguese teams. And then to beat AC 3-0, like, the what Inter have up top right now with Laturo and Dzeko, and then being able to bring... Lukaku off the bench to relieve Jekko, you know, 65th minute, 70th minute, somewhere in there when Jekko gets tired. It's just, it's awesome. And they play really interesting, fast-paced football. And uh, I don't know. They're fun to watch. And although it's very surprising, they, they, they're good enough to win, obviously. Uh, I don't know what point I'm making there, but it's surprising they made it to the final, but now that they're in the final, like I wouldn't be shocked if they beat City, especially because Pep Guardiola likes to overthink things. And th speaking of overthinking things, uh, I did find it pretty hilarious that before the second leg of the Madrid City match in a press conference, he was basically like, I promise I'm not going to overthink anything. And I texted my buddy who's a City fan, and I was like, oh, he, he's definitely overthinking things. It's going to be like Kyle Walker at goalkeeper, so my buddy said. Uh, but Pep didn't overthink things. He ran out the best lineup that City have figured out this year, which is just, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I know it's stained in oil. I know it's controversial. But, oh, my gosh, is it fun to watch. Like, this lineup that Manchester City have freaking figured out um, let me let me pull it up. It's the lineup that has Rodrigo and John Stones in the center of the pitch, and a back three of Akanji, Kyle Walker, and Diaz. And you know you swap out Walker for Nathan Ake. Although uh, Nathan Ake doesn't have the speed of Walker, I think 
I think Pep really likes having Kyle Walker and John Stones on the same side of the pitch because if Walker advances too far forward, John Stones is so good at reading things, he can back up a little bit. But then the midfield of Silva, De Bruyne, Gundogan, and Grealish. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't. It, it must be the talking. I'm not used to talking at freaking 9 a.m. in the morning this much. Don't have meetings yet, so it's just a tough beat for me. I'm looking like an idiot, sticking my hand in my mouth to stop myself from yawning. Anyways, uh, Real Madrid were terrible in this match, and as someone who loves to watch Real Madrid fail, and they don't fail often, they were so bad. Like the possession stats evened out in the second half, but in the first half. Everyone saw that stat where they like had 15 passes in the first 15 minutes of the game or whatever it was. They looked terrible. Uh, they looked old, slow in a lot of cases, and it was great to see. Granted, this match that Manchester City played, like they looked far and away the best club in the world, although Madrid looked pretty bad in the league over the weekend too. Uh, or not, maybe it wasn't over the weekend. When did Real Madrid lose? They... Um, let me pull up their recent matches. They lost. Oh, yeah. Against Getafe, they looked pretty bad. And then against Sociedad a couple weeks earlier, they looked pretty bad. I don't know. Real Madrid looked bad right now, and it's it's nice to see. Uh, kind of putting together the, like, I don't know how to think about this final, if I'm being honest. Obviously, you'd put City as a massive favorite. But in a single match... The anything can happen as we've seen before. If City play up to their potential, like the, they should beat Inter by three goals. But Inter know who they are. They're very good defensively. They're solid. They don't make a ton of massive mistakes. Like although sometimes in the build up and the counter, they can make easy passes look difficult, and they struggle in that aspect sometimes. But for the most part, they're very disciplined and. I can't believe I'm still yawning. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to edit it out, though, <laughs> because it makes me look like an idiot. Uh, I would not be shocked if Inter won this 2-1 or something dumb because City just don't have it on the day. But nine times out of ten, you would expect City to beat Inter Milan in this matchup in Istanbul. It's going to be fun. I hope. I just hope it's not a blowout. That's really all I'm hoping for. And the fact that these two teams made it one of them makes a lot of sense and one of them doesn't, and that's what's fun about the Champions League. So hopefully the final lives up to... I will say... I was going to say lives up to the, the rest of the tournament, but the rest of the tournament hasn't been that good. And that's kind of the dirty secret of the Champions League this year is uh, the matchups haven't been close really ever. Like you think about Bayern PSG, and then you think about Bayern City. Uh, you think about the matches Inter have played like none of them have been all that close and I just hope we have a good final that's all I can hope for so everyone thank you for listening to the podcast excuse the yawning I'm sorry next time I'll make sure I slap myself on the face a bunch wake up more before the pod but hope everyone has a good weekend enjoy the football uh, subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed Apple Podcasts Spotify all the places to get your podcast and I will talk to you next time thanks Ooh.